We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the DGD Podcast. As always, Robert Reynolds, Kobe Pierce, and the GOAT Juan Daniels. Guys, college football playoffs just came out last night, uh, fresh off of the new uh, update. Uh, and surprise, surprise, uh, Georgia goes up to number one in the playoff committee's eyes. Um, first off, we'll talk about that, but let's read. We'll go to the top 10 first real fast, and then we'll discuss that top 10. Um real briefly uh, so obviously you've got Georgia at number one then you've got Ohio State at two Michigan number three TCU going into the four spot uh, Tennessee fresh off that ass whipping from Georgia goes to five Oregon at six seven LSU uh, eight USC nine Alabama and ten uh, Clemson round out the top ten um Kobe, I want to get your thoughts real fast. What are your thoughts on that top 10 uh, from the playoff rankings last night? Uh, I think the big one, I mean, obviously glad to see the dogs back on top. I think the big one that a lot of um, people were curious to see is where the committee was going to rank Tennessee after the the loss to Georgia. And, um, you know, I, I think they're pretty close on getting that right. You know, I, I would have liked to have seen them at six and Oregon at five, but Honestly, it's just my personal preference. I just think that they were overranked at one. I mean, I think that you could have easily seen it being Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee, one, two, three last week. And in which case, to me, if they lost, they should have dropped closer to a six spot. Um, Clemson at 10 is a big, a big one that's tough because, like, we all know they're overrated. We all know their offense isn't quite where it's supposed to be. But leaving them at 10 just leaves enough meat on the bone of the last three regular season games plus a conference championship game, which is looking like it's going to be building up against a North Carolina team that's going to potentially be top 12 to 10 when it's played. Um, You know, don't be surprised if the committee slowly starts creeping Clemson's way back in to a top eight, top six kind of school, because when you're still looking ahead, um, you know, Oregon is still going to have to play USC at some point. Um, Ohio State still has to play Michigan at some point. UCLA in um, Oregon, Utah, a lot of schools up in front of them kind of still have to play. Georgia has to play LSU at some point even. Um, So don't count the Tigers out just yet. 
I'm not overly happy about that, but just know that them putting them at 10 and not like 12 or 13 definitely kind of means they'll be hanging around. Yeah, I, I didn't like that uh, Clemson and Bama stayed in the top 10. Um, that, that's just my preference, right? We had we had Clemson out in the, right around the 14 spot. We had, uh, you know, you had Bama falling at number 11, I think it was. Obviously, Bama has to play Ole Miss this weekend, so there's, a, you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, but when you look at the – when you look for that fourth spot, right, um, obviously you have Michigan and Ohio State. Those are going to cancel themselves out, one of them. Uh, so we expect one of those to fall out. But I feel like Tennessee, you know, getting put at number one last week really benefited them more than anything, right? It benefited us because it gave us fuel, but it gave it, it gave them them – because now they're able to sit there and just wait. We can, you know, they just wait. They don't have to worry about the SEC championship game, right? So you sit there, you have right the winner of Michigan State or whatever, uh, Michigan or Ohio State, excuse me. You know, whoever happens right there, one of them will fall more likely out of the top four, depending on how the game goes. But then you also, you look at the situation where TCU, they still have a remaining schedule that's pretty difficult. So there's a good chance that TCU, you know, could lose before the season end. And Tennessee's sitting there pretty, getting right back into the playoff hunt, probably four, maybe even number three, depending on how things play out. Um, you know, like you said, though, you have Oregon and USC in the top ten. Uh, Oregon is basically on a collision course to play USC. They still have to go, you know, Utah does come in. Uh, you know, Oregon, you know, you look at what they have remaining on their schedule. They got Washington this weekend. Uh, you know, they've still got Utah. They've got Oregon State, which is really surprised that they didn't get ranked. Uh, Oregon State's been a surprisingly good football team. I think they're one of the best 25 schools in the in the country. So I thought they could have been ranked there. Um, but then, you, like, like you said, you got the Pac-12 championship, more than likely going to be uh, the winner of the USC-UCLA game. So, you know, if, if they went out, right, there's a good chance you'll see Oregon in the playoffs as well. Uh, but I want to reach over to Juan here. Uh, Juan, what were your thoughts on the top 10 uh, last night? Hey, I, I don't know if like you're coming through choppy on mine. Am, am I am I breaking up? That sounds fine to me. Hello? Okay. We can hear you, Juan. Can you hear um, you, yep. know, you? You got, you got your contenders out rid of one of the pretenders last week with Clemson and I think that our other pretender is going to be um, I, you know we, we've already talked about it in length it drives me crazy that the fact that Ohio stand there but it sets up perfect for, for Tennessee I think Tennessee will be number three they'll end up number three and I think Oregon has a chance to also um, to, to, to slip up in this thing but they do have tough game Utah Utah has a good chance um, as well but Utah has a really, really tough game against us. We'll just see how that goes. You know, like I said, I think, you know, like I said, Tennessee benefited the most from this top 10 ratings last night. Um, you know, there's a good chance that you could see them legitimately end up at three. Um, the, the thing that I think, I, hear me out, I think I know where Kobe's going here. I think if Oregon wins out and wins the Pac-12 championship, I think they're deserving of going into that three spot. I just do, because if we look at Oregon and see the remaining schedule on top of what they've already done, their body of work outside of that Georgia loss, 
in week one, if they went out, to me, that Georgia loss should not ding them nearly as bad as people think if they went out. Um, you know, obviously, listen, we also don't want to count out the fact that TCU could win out. Uh, and if TCU wins out, there's no reason for them not to be number three. If not, maybe number two, depending on how things shake out. So there's a whole, I mean, obviously, it's listen, this is the second week of the college football playoffs. There's so much, you know, to go around and things that can happen, right? Um, you know, listen, Georgia, just because we beat Tennessee, we moved up to number one, doesn't mean that we can't screw around and lose. And then all hell breaks loose, really, all hell breaks loose. Um, but, but let's talk about our friends over in the SEC West. You know, you look at LSU's, uh, LSU's victory over Bama, right? Now you're looking at Bama on the outside looking in, and things are pointing towards uh, LSU, right, playing in the SEC championship game. However, you know, they play Arkansas, which we've seen Arkansas has kind of been a, somewhat of a down team, if obviously depending on how the health of KJ Jefferson. But let's not forget that their last game, they do play Texas A&M. And while Texas A&M has been a shitty team, putting it nicely, you also have to under, you also have to look into the fact that Jimbo knows that he can play spoiler there, so you best believe you're going to get their best shot, especially now that you're at number seven. You have a definite target on your back, and you beat Bama. You have a target on your back. I still think ultimately you'll probably end up seeing LSU in the SEC championship game, um, and, and I think that'll be a good matchup for Georgia. I really do. Um, you know, But at the same time, the what-ifs could – are just ridiculous because what if what if LSU wins out and then somehow wins the SEC championship game? What happens, right? The the chaos that could ensue because I think if they do that, Kobe won. If they win out and then somehow beat us in the uh, SEC championship game, the committee's got to look at that awfully hard because they'll have wins over LSU or sorry, the LSU will have wins over Bama and Georgia. You know, you sit there, you look at the blowout loss to Tennessee, but how does that look? Like, what would that, it, it just so many scenarios that could take place? Um, but let's transition over to this. Let's transition to this Saturday where we have to deal with the cowbell, right? Everybody wants to talk about that cowbell. Um, you know, Mississippi State fans will tell you that's the prescription, it's more cowbell. I don't want to hear that shit this week. Um, Obviously, Kobe, you, you've played before. Juan, you've played before. When you sit there and, and you have a, a victory on the magnitude of what just happened this past Saturday, do you think it will be difficult for these guys to get up to play this game? Because you're going to Starkville in the middle of nowhere, and you're playing them at night. In the, you know what I mean? So it's a primetime game under the lights. Is it going to be difficult for Kirby to get these guys ready to play? Because the last night game that we played was in Missouri, and we all know how that went. I'm not going to bring up the bad memories. I I think that I think Mississippi State really sets up to be a completely different game than Missouri. I mean, I think that that we all kind of um, know and have seen that Missouri is a solid defensive team. They, they've played some close games. I think every game they've lost this year has been like by eight or less in a one-score game. So um, Mississippi State just isn't that. I mean, you know, Kirby's really got the culture to where, you know, you're not 
like, yeah, you, you maybe needed to take Sunday, Monday to kind of recuperate after Tennessee, but it's, it's on to the next one. So I don't think the guys will have much trouble getting up for Mississippi state. Um, it'll be a cool atmosphere. I don't think we ever played. I think it's Kirby's first time playing at Mississippi state since he's been a head coach, if I remember right, he's going to want to go in and, and win and make a statement kind of going in the last two games of the year. Cause you, know, you beat Mississippi State at Mississippi State. You beat Kentucky at Kentucky. Um, you know, those could easily be two ranked wins. You know, Mississippi State's just not quite ranked. Kentucky still will be when you play them. And then you come back home to kind of clean it up with Georgia Tech. You know, I think the big thing, go in, take care of business, kind of like Juan says, you know, and then get out with no injuries will be a big thing this weekend. Yeah, I, I, Juan, I want to get your thoughts on this upcoming matchup, right? Obviously, we you know, like I just said, you know, that UT game, winning it, especially in that fashion, was was a statement. It, and I, I don't really like saying statements like that, but I would have to. Um, you know, but coming off that game, Juan, what are your thoughts on how Georgia prepares for Mississippi State? But I'm just, Georgia right now is focused. Um, that was the goal of or the biggest challenge was going to be Tennessee. Now we are so focused and so on bringing home that championship that, you know, Kirby no longer has to motivate those players. They're going to be self-motivated. They're going to do what they need to do to take care of their bodies, to go out there, uh, you know, at, at their full level, the full capacity. So it right now, and this is our championship to lose, the focus is going to be on ten. See, that's my thoughts. I, I think, I think knowing that we just handle business the way that we did, I think there is a sense of this. All right, it's it's our time again, right? We we're number one again. We, you know, I think we took that personal when we got put at number three. Um, and, and I'm sure Kirby Smart's got these guys looking at the bigger picture, right? I, I think he's probably going to be harping on these guys all week leading up to this game, basically saying, "Listen, last night game we played, it was it was a sluggish game. We got to, you know, if we want to you know, achieve our goals, and that's obviously repeat, right? I think you have to come in with a different type of focus than what you saw in Coma, and, and I think." To your points, I, I think that's going to happen. I, I, I don't see an instance where we lay down, considering now you're in the back of the schedule. You've you've been tested, um, so you know what's at stake now, right? It's getting more real, if you will. So I expect this team to come out laser-focused and, and just execute. Now, with that being said, let's kind of transition into, like, prepping for this game because Mississippi State – the last time we played was 2020, and it was a wild one, right? Uh, Mike Leach, you know, you have a freshman Will Rogers throwing for miles on you what felt like. Uh, score for score, right? JT Daniels at the time has to throw for 401 yards uh, to, to win the game for you. And, and Georgia was held to eight yards, just singular number, eight yards of rushing. Um I do not expect that type of performance from Georgia's offense this year by any means. I just don't see that. Uh, Juan, I'll let you start here. What do you expect like, from a from an offensive standpoint? What? How do you prep for Mississippi State's defense? 
right, Kobe, right. we'll let you go first. Right. Oh. Yeah, let, let Okay. Kobe, you want to go ahead and exp uh, go ahead and answer that question? Did you say how does the offense prep for the defense? Yeah, I just want to kind of get a feel for it because, like I said, um, you know, Mississippi State did hold us to eight yards rushing last time we played in 2020. I want to get your thoughts on, you know, how the offense preps for that, seeing what happened last time. Yeah, I just think that, you know, like we can all – we all can agree that COVID was just a weird year, and I really think you can kind of throw it out the window as far as, you know, the games we played. You didn't get a spring practice. You're – juggling a quarterback competition where your starter leaves, your name starter becomes your third string, your first string's a walk-on that nobody knows anything about. And then at the end of the year, you bring in this highly touted five-star guy to lead your team in this absolute slugfest against Mississippi State at home. You break out the black, people are, you know, there's just a lot going on that year. Um, and, and we played defense – Worse, just about as worse as we ever have um, under Kirby since 16, which, I mean, doesn't count. But basically your 20 defense was as bad, almost as bad as it gets. So, um, you know, I expect us to, to limit them kind of like we've limited Tennessee um, defensively. But then we're going to try to pound the rock. I mean, we're going to throw the ball when it's there. That's just part of Munkin's offense. We're going to take shots if we have favorable matchups on the edge. But – um, it, it, we will not run for eight yards this year. We probably could run for 250. But Now, I, I do want to – Juan, I don't know if you played at Mississippi, at Mississippi State or not. Um, I would assume those cowbells have to be a nuisance because watching it on TV, it, it's annoying on TV. So, therefore, I can only imagine what it's like in Starkville, you know, in the stadium uh, as an opposing team. Um you know, with that being said, you know, how much will the Cowbells have an impact on this, I guess, on our offense, right? Do we expect that to have a problem, like have an impact for sure or not? No, I, I actually played a half a game. That's the game that I got knocked out on my, my, my senior year. But if, if I'm being honest, I don't even remember it makes that much of a difference, to be honest with you. We are – too good of a team that even come close to even affects. Hmm. Okay. Kobe, do you have any, uh, any thoughts there? I, I just look at, I was looking real quick back at their, at their win loss, you know, in, in the teams that they've lost to and the teams that are of our caliber or below, which I mean, they're still all below our caliber. They scored 17 against Kentucky, 16 against LSU, and six against Alabama. I, I, I mean, it's just at some point, if those schools have answers for what Mike Leach and Mississippi State are doing, then you should have no doubt that Kirby Smart, Glenn Schumann, you know, Will Muschamp, and our defense will have an idea of what they're doing as well. You know, the big thing is, oh, well, this Mike offense has evolved and now – they're running the ball a lot. Like, that's not good. If you're playing us and you're like, oh, Tennessee, well, actually, we're a run offense. Mississippi State, oh, actually, we're a run first offense. It's like, welcome welcome to your worst nightmare then. See, I, I think looking at it, though, um, yeah, I think offensively, I think we're going to try to establish our will 
along the offensive line of scrimmage from an offensive standpoint. I do think you'll see us do some a, a lot of running. <clears throat> I, I think you look at uh, – honestly, I think Dejan Edwards is prime for this game. Um, but, I, you know, I, I do think you see the passing game open up as well. I think, you know, we kind of expect them to sit there. I don't think they're going to do that what they did in 2020. I don't expect that. Um, they, they, they literally sold themselves. They sold the, they sold their soul to stop our run game uh, with how balanced we are. I don't think Mike Leach will do that, but if he does, it will not surprise me to see deep shots be there all game. And, and I think this year is even better because if they want to try to blitz, not only do we have the capability to hit downfield, which obviously the Tennessee game kind of opened that back up where, hey, listen, we're actually connecting on deep passes. But, you know, instead of taking deep shots, you know, you can get the quick game out in space, right? Because if they stack the box seven or eight again, all you got to do is get that ball off to Lab McConkey in space and it's head on the goalposts. Like you can do anything in that regard. Um, obviously, I think our offense will establish itself. Uh, but also, I think you, you know, Todd Muggins going to look at the defense that they're setting up, and we've got an answer for that. I feel like I said the balance that we have, we can win however we want to in this game, and that's just I think it's just that simple. Uh, one, I uh, see the presence there, the the clean head of yours finally. <laughs> um, you know what? I, I guess my question now is: Let's transition this over to defense. Kobe, you said that, you know, they've been a, a – they have shown the ability to run the ball. And that was something that we did not see in 2020, obviously. This is a completely different team than what we saw. Ultimately, I think this this matchup sets up perfectly for us. Um, you know, I look back at 2020, saw us play a lot of soft zone, right? We had witnessed LSU get cooked and lost to this team in 2020, because of their unwillingness to budge off of that man coverage. You see, you play the soft zone in that air raid offense, you give up yards underneath and rally to the football. But like you said, this, listen, Georgia's 2020 team is light years different than 2022. So I think this matchup sets up perfectly. Now it's going to be different. It's a unique style of game plan that you've got to game plan defensively. But I, I think we have we just have too much confidence in our secondary to to be truly worried at this point. Uh, Kobe, Juan, do y'all want to have anything to say about that? Well, here here's the stats for the people back home. They are they score thirty two points a game and they give up twenty four points a game, and that's both eighty third ranked in the country. So the eighty third best offense and the eighty third best defense as far as points per game go. Even though he's running the ball more, they're still only rushing for 80 yards a game, which is 130th in the country. And then they're still throwing the ball for about 330 a game, which is in the top 10. So still expect, uh, even though, you know, Leach has shown some running, you still are going to have to stop the pass at some point. So, I mean, yeah, I, no doubt. I think you've kind of proven um, that that you can do that if, if need be. Yeah, do you have anything? There you go. I was about to say, do you have anything to add? Here, here it is. All that all I need to know about this game, all I am going to say is the Auburn game last week with Mississippi State. 
if you struggle to beat and, and almost Auburn always comes back to beat you, please know you're going to get the brakes beat off of you this weekend. That's that. Well, damn. That's that simple, huh? That's simple. That's simple. Mm, mm, mm. So, so Chef Juan cooking up an ass with what you're saying. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, oh, man. You know, so I guess this leads me to the next question here. We, we've discussed on how Georgia needs to prepare for this game. Um, but let's do our players of the game. Right? I want to see I want to see who you think, Kobe and Juan. Listen, I just think I think that there could be a multiple a multitude of different answers for this based off of, you know, obviously, obviously guessing here. Uh, Kobe, if you had to say, you know, do you, if you want to pick an offensive defense or offense and defense, excuse me, feel free. But who is you, who would be your player of the game? Um, I'm going to go with someone a little bit different on the defense, at least start out with. And I, if I had to put a name on it, um, I'm going to kind of do name slash group. But if I had to put a name on it, it would be Michael Williams. I just think that your outside linebackers are going to step up again for you and get home. On a, on a team that you know is going to throw the ball, I think you're going to rush the passer well. You, you know, you may not get a ton of sacks, but – I looked for quarterback hurries, pressures, getting him off his lines, off his reads. You know Mike Leach is going to be telling him that he needs to get the ball out of there. I mean, just watching Hendon Hooker play last week, any quarterback coach is going to say, do not hold that ball, which is what everyone has done before Hendon Hooker, kind of that like if your read's not there, throw the ball away. And if you don't, if you think you're going to be able to make it at that second read, you're going to get hit. Like, you're going to get sacked. You're going to get pushed down, whatever. Um, I think we get some good pressure on him, um, just kind of disrupt what he's doing. But I think the OLBs just continue to step up. You know, they're still a young group um, as far as just, like, how much they've played, not necessarily in their actual age. Like the, co the, cohesion, the cohesion and experience, basically. For sure. And yeah. they're still kind of learning on the fly, like, Part that game speed you haven't played in a long time. Um, and then for the offense, I just still think uh, Stets always got to have a good day. And you just – the bottom line, your quarterback has to play well. If we need him, you know, he's got to be there. Um, he can't have a Missouri game again and think you're going to dominate this game. Yeah, see, I think my thing is this, though. With how well our offensive line protected and played overall – we, you know, if Stetson does start to, if we start to see that, I think you see Todd Munkin kind of sit there and transition to the run game, though, to, to balance that and trust your linemen, right, to to win their, you know, make the key blocks and everything, and get the ground game just asserting your dominance there. Um, but Juan, who who would your player of the game be? I, I would say defensively, it's going to be Malachi Starks. I mean, I, I just think that he has become an assertive dominant leader back there. I think I've said this a couple of weeks ago, but I think that he is the leader of that defense. He knows where to be. He's got great instincts. So I think, you know, as much as Mike Leach passes the ball, um, I, I think I, he's going to be a key factor. And then on offense, I'm going to go with the uh, same thing as Kobe. I'm going to go with Qu uh, Chris Winkie um, at quarterback, you know, so uh, <laughs> he's about as, about as old as Chris Winkie was when he was in college. <laughs> just better though. Let's be real. Yeah. I'm just glad. I'm just glad we're not playing Tennessee this week. Because if I had to hear one more time how old Stetson and Hendon Hooker are, 
It's like, get over it. It's yeah, just, yeah, it's just Tennessee bashing, Tom. I'm down for this. Dude, you know, the best part about it is Tennessee fans are finding any damn moral victory possible. Have, did y'all notice that? Like, oh, y'all only scored three points, so we beat y'all in the second half because we scored a touchdown and y'all scored three points. Like, I'm sitting here looking at that. Like, if you're still reaching like that, like, you didn't watch that game, did you? Like, you're trying so hard. Like, complete, complete domination. The, the president, I don't agree with the, the committee often, but last night they asked, do y'all see any different difference between the way Georgia beat Oregon and the way Georgia beat Tennessee? And he said, no, they were both complete dominate dominations by Georgia. That's I mean, like the, the one thing about that, though, like, yes, you scored seven points, but it was under five minutes to go when the game was completely over like yes we only scored a field goal but if you really look at the game plan offensively it completely changed once the rain started coming down it worked into our favor guess what we did we ran the we, like i said we passed the ball i said this monday we passed the ball four times one two three four for those vol fans that can't count visual four four times in the, in the entire second half there's a reason why we didn't necessarily score, but we killed the clock. We kept your offense off the field, and when your offense was on the field, we shut them down. Oh, you got seven. Well, Kirby you got more, Kirby you got more than apologized. Not really apologize, but Kirby even said something to the media after the game of like, "Yeah, that that's still on him that we didn't score seven points before um, the halftime." He said, "Oh, we could have easily scored a touchdown." He goes, "I just didn't want to." He goes, I wanted to take it to halftime. He's like, then we hit that big, then we hit that big play at like the seven. And we kind of, he goes, I should have had called a timeout. We'd have more time. But I really was just wanting to bleed the five minutes left out of the half, kick our field goal and head to the locker room. He goes, we could have scored, gave the ball back to him, maybe stopped him, scored again. He's like, but that wasn't in our plan. You know, I, I think that's the, that's the thing that they're missing is like, we had a plan. We executed the plan, and the plan worked. I don't care about anything else. Yeah, I just want to give a shout-out to uh, Warren Brinson, by the way. Um, we, I don't know if, I don't know if y'all did, but I sure as hell did. I saw, what you, I, saw, I saw your Instagram post, and I appreciate that. My man clapped back on Hendon Hooker. I don't give a damn what anyone says. <laughs> so shout-out to Warren Brinson there. Uh, but listen, I, I think my player of the game, Juan, you gave your offensive and defensive already, right? Yeah. All right, so it's my turn. It's my turn. Javon Buller, step right up. You about to have another player of the game award, sir. Listen, Javon Buller played his damn ass off, okay? Played his ass off. You're going to see a lot of this rally to the football again, but just based off of my anticipation for what we see offensively. And who play, who does it better with rallying the football outside of Kamari Lasseter maybe than Javon Buller right now? Uh, so, Javon Buller, I expect you to be the player of the game, sir. Uh, I'll come back on this to see where we stand come uh, Monday. But offensively, offensively, I think it goes a little bit different here. Give me Darnell Washington. I want to see Darnell Washington get a touchdown. And if he gets a touchdown, there's no reason to believe otherwise. Listen, he was this close, and he's been that close for multiple weeks now. Multiple weeks. He gets a touchdown, 
and he becomes a player of the game by default at that point. I'm just going to leave it there. Just going to leave it there. Uh, Mike D says, UT made Brinson look like a top four uh, round pick. Listen, he he played consistently. That's I think that was a key for Warren Brinson, Mike, in that Tennessee game. He played excellent, but he played it consistently, right? And, and I think consistency was the main thing. If Warren Brinson plays consistently good, he's great. He's really good. Um, you know, obviously, just if you can maintain that uh, consistency, wow, yeah, I, I think you have a nightmare on your hands because you've got Jalen Carter, you've got at that point, right, Stackhouse and Logue, and and obviously Brinson at that point. So it could get ugly. Uh, and also, he says that Bullard is a top two or three round pick, playing like it, absolutely playing like it. Um, but yeah, so with that being said, those are our offensive and defensive player of the game predictions. We discussed, right? We discussed how Georgia has to prep for this game and what we need to do. On the back side of this quick break are our college football playoff picks uh, for week 11. So stay right there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. All right, we know how it went. Week 10 was a wild one, folks. It was a wild one. Uh, but over here at the DGD Podcast, the Brigade, 7-3, and three. Kobe, 8-2, and two. Juan, 7-3, and three. and myself, I went 7-3 and three as well, basically maintaining the ground. Kobe gained and uh, gained a little bit. Um, listen, still doing fairly well. Almost, you know, I'm at 65. Listen, to be dead last and hitting 65%, I guess I'll take that considering the the circumstances of the year. Uh, Juan is holding a one-point lead over the brigade. So the brigade, if you want to take it back, you better step up. Um, I got to do a lot of stepping up, really. Uh, and and Kobe gaining ground again, like I said, uh, taking that four uh, from last week, taking that four and making it a three. Um, easily creeping up, considering we got a few more weeks left. I think it could be very interesting down the stretch. Um Listen, we we obviously called the Alabama game wrong. Kobe got it right. Kobe got it right. Uh, however, Clemson disappointed us. 
solely disappointed us. Um, you know, I went with the oh. oh. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, though, right? Like, I don't think we none of us expected that kind of ass whipping uh, from Notre Dame. Um, yeah, so it was what it was. And then uh, who else was it that uh, that we had all picked that lost? Um, goodness, I forgot. I have to look back on it. I think Kobe looked like he was about to tell me, and I'm like, well, let us know. Uh, but nonetheless, moving on to week 11. All right, obviously, another slate of picks for you, for everybody. Uh, and our first one is going to be UCF traveling to Nolens to take on the green wave of Tulane. Um, Kobe, what you got in this game? I was going to let you know that one of the big ones last week was me and Juan both picked Wake Forest and um, NC State pulled off the win there. And I also then, picked AM to lo- uh to win and then they I was about to say, and then that's the other one. Me and Juan both picked Florida, and then you and the brigade picked Texas AM. I didn't also know that they, by the way, when we pick on Wednesday, we didn't know that the AM had a flu outbreak, which kind of literally took out like half their roster. <laughs> so as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, no, no, nah, nah, I'm I'm Alabama. I'm gonna make this excuse. Leave me alone. Um, no, I did not know that. I was uh when it happened, I was like, there goes my pick. It's fucked. <laughs> um, but, Kobe, who do you have in this uh, UCF Tulane game? I think it'll be a good game, by the way. Uh, college, hey. no, Josh Pate. Josh Pate's going there. So, uh, apparently it's a big deal, obviously. Both ranked teams. Who you got? I think that um, it's it's one of those things that if it was at UCF, I would feel a lot better. Um, UCF's a good team. They have a good head coach. They're well coached. they I like their quarterback, you know, former backup in the SEC with John Rice Plumley, you know, recruited here some. But I just think Tulane is is the, the team in the group of five this year. I think they're going to get it done at home and um, they're going to beat UCF and kind of float around that top 15, top 12 by the end of the season and get a nice New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah. Juan, who do you got in this one, sir? Yeah, if it's not at the bounce house, give me Tulane. Yeah, that bounce house is a special place for old Gus Bus, ain't it? Uh, from what I heard, though, uh, the Gus Bus, one of the wheels fell off. Uh, so give me Tulane. Um, just going to leave that there. Uh, the brigade, however, went 56% towards UCF. So we'll see how the brigade handles with this. Um, definitely a game worth watching, in my opinion. So it'll be fun to see how that game plays out now. That's just me and Juan and all of our other Twitters voting against our picks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Try to, to, to get back on the brigade a little bit. Sources sources confirmed the burner sources confirmed burner accounts. There we go. Reverse uh, boost and brigades picks. Yeah. Uh, tainted it. God, this sounds like this sounds like any formal election almost. It feels like, but I'm not going down that rabbit hole. Um, Washington, Oregon. Massive, in my opinion, playoff. Uh, honestly, with Oregon playoff uh, potential here, uh, game on, on the line here. Uh, listen, it's a big rivalry. Michael Penix is looking really good. Obviously, Bo Nix should be a Heisman front runner or right there around that. Um, in Eugene, Kobe, who you got? I'll tell you what. We kind of talked about it, I think, in our back in the summer um, about. Um, like just how the Ducks would look going forward. You know, we kind of talked about 
hey, listen, like you're not going to beat Georgia year one under a new regime. There are going to be some bumps in the road. Like you're going to lose a few games along the way. And, and it was apparent game one. I mean, you were a good team that just got utterly dominated. But ever since then, it, it just seems like, you know, Dan Lanning has it kind of figured out. He's got them playing well. They're playing really good on offense. I mean, Bo Nix doesn't look like the same Bo Nix from Auburn. He looks like a guy that's going to be in New York, possibly even hearing his name called the night of the Heisman ceremony if he continues to play this way. Um, Penix has – really come into his own at Washington. I mean, I think he's lead, still leading, um, you know, or passing yards for the country. If you like offense, this is going to be your game to watch. This game could be 56 to 49, but when it's all said and done and the dust settles, it's going to be Oregon. Juan, this is, this is right up your alley over there on the West Coast. Um, who you got in this one? We, we got beat down by, by both of them. But in, in my Lee Corso voice, Washington, um, they, they struggle with Oregon State. So, you know, that that that's just kind of a red flag, you know, to me. Oregon State is really not that that good of a football team. And then on top of that, I mean, that they, they beat us off of like a Hail Mary pass. And we both all know, sorry, all three of us know Stanford is not a very good football team. Right Paul, y'all beat Notre Dame, though, which is ranked. So don't tell that me. Is that. Don't that, tell is, me that. that is true. That is true. But um, – you know, I, I see Oregon winning this game. Uh, the, the problem with Oregon, though, is, you know, are, are they going to be focused? Because right now Auburn is talking to to Lanning. And they're, you know, there, there's been some rumors of some. I don't some buy that shit. Mutual, I don't. Mutual interest. So we'll just see if they're, you know, if they're going to be focused. Listen, Dan Lanning isn't stupid. All right. He has he, he scored more than a 400 on his SAT. I promise. He know he knows better. All right, he, I think he knows better. Listen, first off, dude, first off, give me Oregon convincingly. There's no question about this. Um, however, I look at this right here. I don't think that is a thing that he'll focus on. I think he saw in his time at Georgia, right, I, I think you see that, letting that go, right, instilling the – ensure that into your players, right? I, think that's what he's going to do. I'm pretty sure that's what he's going to do for that matter. He would be he would be legitimately stupid to look at the Auburn job, in my opinion. I don't care how much money because what he's done already out west and he's continuing to do through recruiting right now, right? We don't know because it's right it's still in the season. There's no reason. And listen, and you've got Phil Knight right there, man. Like yeah. he, he made a statement that said he's, you know, he, he's in it for the long run, but obviously I, I believe, I believe him though. I, I well, here, do. Here's my thing. The pack's about to get easier. The SEC is about to get harder. You, you got all the Phil Knight money you could want. And to me, you just stop and you look at the last four coaches who've left Oregon for greener pastures. Chip Kelly struggled. Willie Taggart sucked. You know, um, Mario Cristobal struggling. Yep. Yeah, it, it, it just is one of those things that, you know, Oregon may not be the blue blood that the SEC teams are, but to think it's not one of the premier coaching jobs in the country right now, still, it, it's just not true. Listen, the fact that I, like, I know what Mario Ball, Mar, Cristobal built basically, right? But what I'm saying is he took that right there 
and is taking that to levels that Oregon hasn't looked like since Chip Kelly was there with, with Michael James and all those folks, right? He's got that offense zooming. He's got that defense. That defense could be better. I do think they've gotten better as the season went on, though. But I'm, I'm just saying that offense is humming. And, and, and as, as it stands, like, we don't know what the conference alignment, right, the conference realignment scenario is going to look like because there's a lot of moving pieces that could take place behind the scenes. And, and listen, that's a whole nother episode or series, if you will. Um, but as it stands now, there's no reason to, to think you would want to go to a legitimate bottom feeder in the SEC, even if it is the SEC, when you're arguably number six, you're number six in the country, arguably the best team in the Pac-12, your first year as a head coach. You know, we did call that after the Georgia game, we expected them to be just fine. And guess what? More than more than accurate on all accounts here. Um, however, moving back to our picks, the brigade sides with us here. Ninety six for that matter shows you how they favor Oregon here. Obviously, and, Oregon wins. I think, like I said, I think they win big. And last thing about Oregon, and then we'll move on. I promise. If you're Oregon, you have to be happy. Even right there at, at six or whatever they are, you get to play Washington, who's ranked this week. You're going to play Utah, who's ranked in the top twelve to top ten next week. And then by the time you play Oregon State again in three weeks, they'll be ranked back in the top 25. And then you're going to play a top 10 team in the Pac-12 championship. I don't care how bad you lost to us game one. That resume, that 12-1, and one, you're in. I mean, yeah, it, you can debate a lot. You would, you would have to be, man. Like, you would have to be. Um, moving on to the college game day, uh, game of the week. And I think this one is another big one as well. Uh, TCU, undefeated TCU, going to Austin, Texas, and taking on them Longhorns with Quinn Ewers and company. Um, Kobe, who you got in this one? This is one of those picks that really, again, back and forth, back and forth. Um, I just am not confident in TCU's ability to stop a high-powered offense quite like Texas. I think that they've been behind in some games. They've found a way to win in some games. Um, and, and, and that's great. That is a sign of a really good football team. And sometimes when, you know, chips are down, you got to find a way to win. I don't care how it looks, but I think, I think going into Texas, you're kind of being recognized nationally, might be some, you know, some feel goods kind of going around. Um, I, I think Texas gets it done and, you know, not to say TCU won't come back and I think they have to, we'll have to play again eventually for the big 12 championship, but. Uh, I see Texas winning this one. Juan, who do you got in this one, sir? Give me TCU. Um, you, you know, I, I just, you know, I'm not necessarily a full believer in Texas right now. I think offensively they're pretty good. Defensively they're just okay. And uh, TCU is a high-powered offense. Um, and, and TCU is in it for the long haul. So you may jump up on them in the first half, you know, maybe even on the third in the third quarter. But they are a four-quarter football team. And uh, so I, I see them pulling this one out. So not so fast. I'm with I'm with Kobe on this one, and I've got Texas. First off, Vegas has them as a seven point favorite. Texas does. Now the thing I think the key here is this: if you've watched TCU and they've won their games, how are they doing it? I feel like they're starting to become a trend where they fall behind. Especially last week was a perfect example. They fall behind, and then. They turn it around and just come roaring back. 
right? Come roaring back uh, to win. With that being said, if you try to do that against Texas, I genuinely think that Sark's offense with Bijan and Xavier Worthy and Quinn Ewers, the healthy Quinn Ewers, will score when they basically score to make it, I guess you could say, super difficult to overcome that. That's why I have Texas winning this game. Um, Brigade has 54% favoring the uh, the Horn Frogs there. So, Juan, you are not alone. Let's go, Brigade. Let's go. With that being said, we move to the SEC slate. Uh, this could be the bottom bowl. I'm uh, just going to leave that there. Texas A&M taking on Auburn at Jordan-Hare. Uh, I wish we didn't have to pick this, but we cover all the SEC game picks, so we have to. Uh, Kobe, who do you got in this one? I got the Fighting Jimbos to win. Oh, good win. Lord. I feel so, why'd you do win that? win at Jordan-Hare. Jordan Hooray, Juan. We, <laughs> if we don't pick A&M, we win. Yay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in all seriousness, though, um, Juan, who do you have in this yeah, game? Give me, give me Auburn. Uh, give me Auburn, Jordan Hare. Uh, I, I one, one of the things that I've noticed, though, is these kids are playing for playing for Cadillac Williams right now. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're playing for them. They're working hard for them. I mean, it, it'll eventually be in vain because they're in the, you know, in the process of searching for a new coach, but they, they are playing hard for them. So I, I, I can see them pulling this one out. I really didn't make a pick. Uh, this game is that bad. Uh, but if I had to make a pick, I guess give me Auburn because Juan's tattoo. It's that simple. <laughs> it's that simple. Um, uh, let's see. Let's see who the, let's see who the brigade has. Brigade has 58% favoring Auburn as well. Listen, I think you might see some uh, some Jordan Hare juju. All right, I think it could, you, this is when it creeps its head up. Uh, the perfect game to do it. Moving on to Kentucky versus Vanderbilt, another barn burner. Um, let's see here. Hold on. Oh, there we go. Vanderbilt, Kentucky. Uh, Kobe, who you got in this one? I mean, if you have the future number one pick at quarterback, I hope you're going to win this, Kentucky. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's Vandy. It's at home. You know, you're, you're – I don't know. I don't even know. Like, it's just tough to think about being a Kentucky football player or fan. There's so, such high hopes of, you know, you should have been this year's Tennessee. You have the quarterback. You have the coach. You have the offense. Blah, 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 blah. You're staring eight and four in the eye and pray you win a bowl game and go, you know, nine and four. But Kentucky should handle Vanderbilt on principle alone. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Yeah. One who Vanderbilt's, Vanderbilt's bad. Give me Kentucky. God, here's another one that I didn't really feel like picking, but give me Kentucky. Just I like – I don't know. I, I really don't know. I mean, it, I think I think Levis is healthy, but um, you're going to need – many shots of espresso to try to watch this game. It's going to be snooze fest, in my opinion. This is probably going to get ugly. Um, Brigade has 100% going to Kentucky. Apparently, Juan, they agree with your sentiment that uh, Vanderbilt is just bad. They're just bad. bad. They're just bad. Uh, Next matchup, I think it's a little bit more enticing here. Uh, South Carolina, the the Gamecocks take on uh, Florida down there in the swamp. Sunbelt Billy, if you will, I guess. Some people called him that. Uh, you know, obviously year two of uh, Shane Beamer uh, just coming off of a win gets them bowl eligible. Uh, Florida trying to fight to see if they can get into bowl eligibility here. Um, Kobe, who you got in this game, sir? 
for those listening, Kobe just replayed Juan doing his out of context gator chomp. So answering his question, he picks um, the gators. Uh, Florida, Florida at, at home. Uh, you know, Beamer's turning South Carolina around as much as he can. But I just don't know if they can stop Anthony Richardson from running all over him. I mean, you know, it, just as a, he's a good athlete at the end of the day. He's not a great quarterback, but he's a good athlete. He's probably better than any athlete South Carolina has on their entire defense. You know, so I see I see Florida winning um, probably two, three touchdowns, give or take. Juan, who do you got in this, sir? Oh, give me Florida. Give me Florida. A little bit smaller. I'm, I'm doing an itty bitty gator jump. It's like a baby gator because they're terrible. Uh, they're way down bad. Uh, listen, I, I think the problem is South Carolina's offense is is. I, I literally think Satterfield just doesn't know what to do. Like, there's no reason if you have if you have you have Jaheim Bell and you have Van and you have you know Spencer Rattler can get the ball and stretch the field vertically, right? You have Marshall Lloyd if he's healthy. Marshall Lowe could run the ball. Uh, the fact that you you just don't know how to use that talent, it, it, it's concerning. And I think the writing's on the wall for Satterfield. I do. Uh, unfortunately, I have to pick these Gators uh, at home. And so does the brigade at 71%. And here's my thing, too, for any Florida fan that happens to be watching out there for some god unknown reason. Your losses this year include Kentucky, Tennessee at Tennessee, LSU and Georgia. That's the number one team, the number six or seven team, the number five team. And I think Kentucky's back in at like 23. And you're talking about you've lost four games to four ranked opponents and you could be eight and four in a first year under a new head coach. Like, I think some of them are panicking, but at some point it's like you had a hard schedule, you lost all the games you're supposed to lose. You beat Utah, who's still a top 15 team. I mean, just take a deep breath, beat South Carolina, beat Vandy, play at Florida State. You never know what can happen. You might be Monte, nine wins if you win a bowl game. Monte, what'd you do with Kobe? Get out of there, you closet Florida fan. <clears throat> I'm just nine saying, sometimes up. people under first-year head coaches are like, oh, my God, who do we hire? Yes, I, yeah. I mean, my, let's be real. Miami, they have a reason to be thinking that. I'm just messing. No, it's first year head coach, man. That's a that's a, that's another story. Um, they lost to Tennessee by five, like in, in Neyland Stadium for that that loud ass stadium, apparently, right? The Mike Stadium that's so loud. Uh, speaking of Tennessee, uh, Missouri comes into Neyland. Uh, Tennessee probably pissed off after that loss. Um, obviously, holding the Tigers there. Uh, Kobe, who you got in that one? Um. I, I think you're right. I think Tennessee is going to be embarrassed. I think they're going to be angry. Um, I, I do think there will be a little bit of a hangover in this game early. I think Missouri's defense is just good enough to kind of, you know, be unique and, and pressure the quarterback and show a variety of coverages and blitzes that, that there may be a little first half hangover for Tennessee. But in the second half, I, I think they'll be back to firing on full cylinders and, and beat Missouri. Juan, who do you have in this one? You mean Tennessee? I, mean, I, I think it's going to be a beatdown. They uh, right now their backs are against the wall. They need to show this committee, hey, we belong. Um, and if they blow out Missouri, 
and then you compare that to a struggle game that Georgia had against Missouri, then that that just kind of helps their case just that much more. Saturday will be a horrid day to be a Tiger, especially from Como. Just going to leave that there. Um, I, I honestly think this could be a beatdown of epic proportions. <laughs> like, I'm not, no bullshit. I, I genuinely think – Tennessee will take all the frustrations out and score all the points they wish they could have on Georgia against Missouri. Yep. It, it, it's going to get ugly. Take the cover the spread. Fuck the spread. Whatever it is, take the over. Just take Tennessee in the points. I promise. I promise. Because they're going to take and they're going to be like, oh, this, this Missouri team is, oh, they're Georgia. They're going to sit there and do that, right? So they're going to take a little, little 20, G right 20 here. 20 and a half. Yeah. Oh, 20 and a half. Yeah. Cover that. Cover that. All yeah, yeah. 50, dude, that's, that's free money almost. That's, 57's the under dude, over. Dude, take the over on that. They'll score 57 alone. I guarantee it. Watch. They'll do it. We'll come back and see if they hit the points they they cover and they hit the over, maybe even by themselves. Just going to leave that there. But take the over because Tennessee's defense will give out some points, I think, too. So, you know, neither here nor there. Listen, we all have Tennessee. I think it's smart. Easy money there, 84% of the brigade. I need to know who in the hell picked Missouri. I mean, do they think Luther Burden's going to be the answer for everything? It was, it was Kobe. He's Kobe. trying to yeah, – Well, he's, you had, like, well, you, had your, you had your multiple burners hitting there? Come on, <laughs> do better. From now on, anytime there's a weird percentage, it's going to be like, ah, it was Kobe's over there Kobe. voting against himself. All right, y'all ready for this one? Kobe. Um Weird to say this, but uh, Alabama and Ole Miss playing for runner-up in the SEC West probably. Uh, who you got in this one? I, speaking of, before we go to this, Ole Miss coming off of a bye week, Alabama obviously coming off that overtime loss to LSU in uh, Baton Rouge. Kobe, uh, who you got? I think there are some very intriguing <laughs> um, ways this game kind of will play out. You know, 2020, again, we talked about how weird it is. We all remember that. It basically went, you know, punch for punch down the line. Nobody could stop anybody. I think the winner scored 63 or something like that. And then last year, I really thought that Lane Lane Kiffin kind of showed his nerves almost coaching that game. It's like we were go- he was going for it on fourth down early, not punting when he should have punted. Just very just like odd and got down in the hole deep early in Tuscaloosa in a game that a lot of people thought um, they could they could play in. And for Ole Miss, to me, your season is still, while not in your control, I mean, it's not unlikely that LSU could lose to either Texas A&M or Arkansas. So at some point, I think Ole Miss at home after the bye week, um, a lot to play for. Alabama maybe a little deflated. Maybe some of those guys, some woe is me's on that team. I think Ole Miss gets it done. Lane Kiffin becomes, you know, the next coach that was an assistant to beat Nick. And I think it's a shootout. But I think Ole Miss has just enough to to get it done. Juan, who do you have, sir? You know, Nick Saban, you know, everybody's talking about, hey, it's over, the dynasty or whatever it is. And, And Nick Saban is about to flex his muscles right now. I also like to look at comparative games here and, you know, they they lost to an LSU team that was going for two, um, you know, and, and ended up winning it while Ole Miss got blown out by, by you know, LSU. So, you know, if, if, if I look at it, you know, 
you know, team matchup. I mean, I think Jackson Dart is great, but you got Bryce, you know, Bryce Young is greater. I mean, and so I just think that if anything, I can see them having a players meeting this week and saying, hey, listen, we got to pick it up because this is not the Bama that we're used to. Um, so I, I see them just kind of turning around this week. So Bama has to do one of multiple things. First off, you've got to stop. Good luck doing this, but you have to stop the Ole Miss rushing attack. They're they're excellent. Uh, Judkins and Zach Evans are excellent. You have to stop them. However, you're also going on the road. You just lost on the road. This is nut check time for for Nick Saban and company. Um, we're about to find out what they're made of this week. I know they took a loss to LSU on the road. How do you come? How do you bounce back from that? Or do you not bounce back at all? Right. I guarantee you, you have to look at Saban doing things that he's probably hasn't done in a very long time to get these guys ready to go. And I will probably come back here Monday uh, doing my best Cam Brady impression by doing this. But give me Alabama in a tight one, a very tight one. Listen, I fucked up is what's going to happen if 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 they lose this game because – I want to pick Ole Miss, but I just think that Saban will not let this team lose three games. Um, so, it, listen, I'll come back here and eat crow on that one, but give me Bama on that one. Well, that was a big hesitancy I had in picking Ole Miss, too. And I think it's anybody. You know, I think you can look. I don't think Nick Saban has ever lost back-to-back games as a head coach, something like that. You know, Especially so, at Bama, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just one of those things that's like, could you really pick him to lose, like – they're already having a weird year, but could you really pick him to lose two games in a row to kind of cap off that weird year? Yeah, no, exactly. Maybe not, but they also played a, you know, one-score game against Texas A&M, and I would have never thought in a million years they would have done that. But yeah, yeah that's true. It was with Milrow, yeah. not Bryce Young. So I, I get that that's a lot different. But even with Milrow, I thought that they would have asserted dominance. And you know, kind of like we're thinking about this old Miss, it's like well, they're going to come in, they're going to be these world beaters that Alabama is. And I'm just not sure that they are that this year. I think it's 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 a good one to watch, though. Definitely gonna be a good one to watch. Uh, next matchup, LSU, those Bayou Bengals traveling to Fayetteville, Arkansas, to take on uh, Kobe's uh, Sam Pittman Hogs. Um, th- what do you got, Kobe, on this one? <clears throat> Sam and those Hogs of Burmy. One too many times. I think they, the they too cri- so the bacon was too crispy. Basically, what they, you're saying? They, they're, they're, um, you know, I mean, they just lost to Liberty in in a in a close game, but still, it's Liberty. I mean, Hugh Freeze to me is should be if I'm Auburn, he's who I'm calling right now. Um, but I, I just don't think that they can stop Jaden Daniels from running the ball, and then you know. Um, I just don't think Arkansas can play enough defense. They may be able to score with them, but when it need when it comes time to needing a big defensive stop, I'm not sure there's anybody on Arkansas's team you can lean on to get you that. So I think LSU handles it, and it becomes LSU A and M um, game to decide who wins the West. Juan, who you got, sir? Um, the Hogs get called, carved up this week. Hmm. I'm telling you, they're going to be served for Thanksgiving. It's going to be bad. 
man, you talk about all that hog cooking, boy. I, listen, I'm I'm a pulled pork fiend. All right, give me LSU and the Bayou Bengals. Just gonna leave that there. Um, the the fact that they're number seven, they have a target on their back, but I think Brian Kelly will have this team focused on a different level that we've saw. And listen, outside of that Florida State loss, they've looked fairly well. Right? They've looked really good. Tennessee beat the dog shit out of them. I get it, but they have played some really good football. The offensive line is starting to be a cohesive unit, and it's showing. Uh, and Jaden Daniels is very lethal on his feet. Uh, with his feet, he, he can cook you. We saw what happened in overtime, folks. Just going to leave that there. So, listen, I made the mistake by not picking them last week. Give me LSU in this one. And with that, the brigade also has 88% going LSU over Arkansas as well. Kobe, what do you have to say, sir? And I can't – I'm not going to lie. I'm team LSU the rest of the year because we owe them something from my senior year <laughs> in Atlanta. So Oh, there's a – we, we owe them – they're going to have to see us. Wait, V for Vendetta. So we're going to leave it there. All right. Our game of the week, folks, those dogs, those number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs taking on those great value Bulldogs down there in Starkville. Um, listen, they're going to bring the Cowbells. Um, just going to leave that there. Kobe, who you got winning this game, sir? Who you got winning? And we'll do score predictions after that. I just hate this isn't a Dan Mullen coach team because it's so much more <laughs> fun to beat Mississippi State when Dirty Dan's at the helm. But um, I, I, dogs are dogs. Georgia is going to to roll big in Starkville. I just don't think there's anything that they can do that um, you know should intimidate us. We can we can run the ball on them. We can throw the ball on them, and then we can stop the run. You know, maybe they hit a big play here or there in the passing game, but I think it, I think I did forty five to seven. Georgia wins. Maybe give up a late garbage time touchdown on a busted coverage with the twos in, but. I think I think it'll be a little domination. Forty-eight to seven, close. 45-48. Yep. It's right in that same realm. Forty-eight. I mean, for this is three points. It's field goal, but tell that to Tennessee fans. Um, Juan, you got the dogs or the bulldogs? Give me, give me the dogs. D a w g s. Uh, it, it's gonna be a beatdown. I mean, it, it really is. You know, Mississippi State, they're not going to see a defense like ours. Same thing I said again, you know, with, with, with Tennessee. They struggled against Auburn. It's it's going to be bad. I think I had like 45-0. I mean, it's going to be bad. Uh, Juan, you do have 45-0. I've got 38-10 to 10 dogs on top. Got Georgia on top on this one. Um, I'm looking at it in a sense where I think we win big. I do think that we do have a couple of possessions where we do, you know, not finish where we need to do. Um, and I think that's why we stay out of the 40s, but it will not surprise me if we do hit the 40s. Um, but I do think that Will Rogers, listen, Will Rogers, for what it's worth, is a really good quarterback. I feel like he's an underrated quarterback as well. Um, I expect him to try to take shots in a sense of, you know, moving the ball down the field and getting some points. I think – you know, give me a garbage time touchdown and one field goal, uh, and the dogs roll here. Uh, it's that it's that simple. Um, obviously, those are our week eleven picks, um, and we're going to wrap this show up. Uh, but I do want to let you know for those listening, uh, we do have a special episode 
Friday. So tune in Friday at 1 p.m. Um, and we're having a Veterans Day special, right? Second annual vets, uh, DGD vets, if you will, if that's what you want to hashtag it, uh, where we do our show. We talk football, right? We talk vet, uh, military, uh, and we also try to raise money for uh, foundations. This year, we're doing the Gary Sinise Foundation. Um, so obviously, Friday should be a fun time. Uh, if you haven't heard already, Rusty Manziel of Dogs 24-7 will be joining us. Um, so come in, come in, listen, brigade, come in hot and heavy with your questions. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. I really am. Uh, and also before we wrap this up, uh, do keep in mind that with these picks, uh, we are, you know, listen, go to check out bet us folks. Um, go to bet us, uh, use code DGD 125 when you sign up and, uh, receive 125% cash bonus on all sports. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, the link is in our description uh, for the show here. Uh, and also just go to our website and look on the homepage. You'll see the uh, BetUS logo. Click on that. It'll take you right where you need to be to sign up and start making money today. With that being said, Georgia, about to go down to Starkville, take care of the cowbell, and just another notch in the belt on our way to uh, a repeat. Kobe, Juan, you have any last words before we wrap this thing up for real? I'm good, brother. Go dogs. Go the right, the correct Georgia D A W G dogs. Go Georgia dogs. All right, folks. With that being said, listen. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe wherever you're watching. If you're listening, let us know what you think. Leave a review. uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, With that being said, have a great day, and we'll see y'all back here Friday. Go dogs. Go dogs. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.